Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com fool. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co-founder David Gardner. Welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. I'm David Gardner. A delight to have you with me this week. What an October it was. I was looking back on the roster that we brought to you through Rule Breaker Investing. We had peak author Anders Ericsson. We had Nine Foolish Truths I Hold to Be Self-Evident, kind of a restatement of Nine Foolish Investing Principles. Then we went Blockchain and Bitcoin with Aaron Bush. We had your mailbag. And then last week, the inimitable Roy Spence. So a tough act to follow, Matt Argusinger, oh, my, my guest, this particular what a setup week. It, it is, and I think my 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 effort here, Matt, is to set you up for success as I did last time, because last time, as inveterate listeners will know, this is three months ago, we played a game. It was the market cap game show. We started a new game show on the show, and that's what we're going to play again this week because. I I had a lot of fun. Did you have fun? Oh, it, was, Matt? it was a blast. Awesome. So, um, so that's how we're setting ourselves up for success post Roy Spence, hoping not to disappoint the fans. There are actually two components to this podcast, though. The first is I want to do a brief review of stocks that I picked, one of those five stock samplers two years ago this week. So we're going to lead off with just a look back at what's happened to those five stocks, and then we're going to go into the market cap game show. And if you're new to the podcast, we'll explain the ground rules when we get there. But first, well, it was the November 11, 2015 Rule Breaker Investing Podcast. It was entitled Five Lesser Known Rule Breakers. The five companies in alphabetical order were Middleby, MicroStrategy, NetSuite, Nuvasive, and Trex. And I said at the time, two years ago, that one of the key components of this group of stocks are probably, if you're mentioning them to a friend at a cocktail party, they don't know what this company is. These are five lesser-known rule breakers, smaller companies. I reviewed this one year ago, so if you want to go back and listen, a year ago you'll hear me happy, saying I'm not this good, because all five, after one year, were beating the market. Now, again, two years ago on this podcast, I said, here are five lesser-known rule breakers, let's watch them over the next three years. So, here we are, two years later, tapping back in. How have they done? Well, we have some interesting changes from a year ago, Matt Argusinger. So, the first thing I want to mention is that the stock market is up 25 percentage points from two years ago. So, every one of these stocks was competing against that plus 25 bogey. And again, a year ago, all five were beating that bogey. And in fact, NetSuite was in the process of being bought out by Oracle. But things and times have changed. And to foreshadow a little bit, as it turns out, three of these companies are now losing to the market, two are beating them. Here we go. Middleby, the commercial oven company, and increasingly a dominant player as well in consumer kitchens, Middleby is up seven percentage points from two years ago versus the market, plus 25. So Middleby is now down 18 percentage points to the market. MicroStrategy, which has been the dog, MicroStrategy is down 23 percentage points from where it was two years ago. Again, versus the market, plus 25, that's a minus 48. So, right now, we're at minus 56 after those two stocks. NetSuite, as I mentioned, NetSuite was purchased by Larry Ellison's Oracle. And NetSuite, a year ago, 
was up six percentage points when the market was up five, so we'll give it a plus one. But that's still not very good. We're still minus 55. I regret to inform you that Nuvasiv has also since declined against the market. Nuvasiv is up 10 percentage points from where it was a year ago, but that's still a minus 15 for Nuvasiv. So it all comes down to rolling the dice on the last one in alphabetical order, Trex. Before we roll the dice, Right now, we're sitting at a minus 70. So, on average, the stock market up around 20, 25 percentage points. These stocks averaging typically being behind the market by about 15 to 20 percentage points. So, all a little up. But what's happened here with Trex has been remarkable over the last two years. Trex is up from two years ago, this podcast, 165 percentage points. That puts it in a plus 140 against the market. And Matt, I believe that for each of these five stock samplers, which I've done every 10 podcasts or so, and this is around number 130, I believe I'm still undefeated in terms of beating the market every time. But this one has gotten perilously close. Well, that's that's such a remarkable lesson, though. I mean, the fact that you can be wrong over two years, four out of five, and one can make up all the difference and a lot more. So that I think net net you're up seventy roughly seventy points. If I so then that's right, Matt. The number is plus one forty minus seventy is seventy. So on average, again the market, when you include the net suite buyout, which was just a plus six versus plus five, uh, the market averages a twenty one percentage point gain for these five, and these stocks average about a thirty five percentage point gain thanks to tracks, amazing, which gives a plus fourteen. So we're down a little bit from where we were a year ago. But I guess when I said a year ago, I'm not this good. Don't hammer me when I end up going over five for one of these because it's going to happen at some point. So. Two of these five stocks are beating the market, one of them inconsequential, but the last one, Trex, has been a home run. The outdoor decking company. And you know, it's a, is is this a stock that you hold, Matt, or you you followed? I, I don't I don't own it, I and I haven't followed it very closely, but I know that uh, I mean, for example, we we built a deck out of the back of one of my rental homes a couple of years ago using Trex. Okay. And it really is has become, I think, the go to industry standard for, you know, wet resistant Wood decking, and um, I just think, and all the contractors seem to be using Trex nowadays, and so yeah. I'm not surprised it's had such a, an amazing run. Still a very lesser-known rule breaker, an unknown company, I think, in the grander scheme. But yeah, you're right. That composite decking, whether we're talking about in the home or in industrial circumstances, I think, for example, here in Alexandria, Virginia, out on the waterfront, they have a lot of the uh, Trex decking. That's right. Uh, it's you're right. Wet resistant. It's big. So really interesting. So so enough with the look back, but. It's fun to see those five lesser-known rule breakers having changed a lot in the last year. Of course, this game's not over, so we'll check in one year from now and see how it all came out. Hope for some comebacks from Middleby and Nuvasiv and MicroStrategy. Anyway, thank you for humoring me, Matt Argusinger. Now let's play our game show. All right. So now it's time for volume two of the Market Cap Game Show. So one quarter ago, one earnings quarter ago. Matt, I had you on the show. You were the only one who raised his hand. Admittedly, it was a last-minute request of our investing group. You raised your hand and said, I will play the game, David. And the game, as you know, is we're guessing at market caps of companies. Now, Matt, can you briefly explain what market cap is? Break it down for a new listener? Sure. So, a market cap is a measure of the size of a company. And specifically, it's the price of the stock times the number of shares outstanding for the company. So, let's give an example. If you if you're looking at a $10 stock that has a million shares outstanding, then the market cap of that stock or that company is 10 million. 
simple math. Simple math. And that's a very, very small number. That's not the kind of number we would ever feature of no. a stock. That, that would be a penny stock. But you're absolutely right, Matt. And what you and I did last time is we reflected that this is a fun game to play, not only because it forces you to ask, what are the actual price tags on all these companies out there? But when you're dramatically off one direction or another, sometimes it can suggest maybe that's a stock you should take a hard look at. Well, I think I recall from last time, uh, Etsy was one of the the stocks, and I, I think I threw out a number like five billion for the market, three billion something, and I and it was less than a billion, I think, for right around a billion for Etsy, and I was surprised at how small the company was relative to what I think of its brand presence in the marketplace. It just seems like a lot bigger than, I think, what the market cap was. You're right. So, that can be a good learning, and we might have that experience this week. We'll Pretty see. Pretty sure we will. Now, part of the fun of the Market Cap Game Show is, it's for you, dear listeners, everywhere, globally, rule breakers all, you're playing along with us. And let's go ahead with the hashtag, I beat Matt and I lost to Matt, which we used last time. We'll be scoring Matt on these 10 companies, but you're scoring yourself as well. So, let's see how you do, and let's see how our in-house professional ringer, <laughs> Matt Argusinger, oh, does boy. on the 10 companies that I've hand-selected. Now, these are each interesting companies to me. Matt has no idea what I'm about to say. I, I I dropped him a note yesterday saying, "Hey Matt, no fair memorizing market caps of the stocks that we know." And then I realized I shouldn't have said that because if Matt was literally memorizing the market caps of all these companies, that makes him a better analyst and advisor here at the Motley. It Club. does, and it shows you how dedicated I would be to trying to win this game. You're darn <laughs> right. And and in fact, dear listener, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're starting to memorize some of these market caps. And winning the game, great. I guess that's kind of the point. But it would be a lot to memorize across hundreds and hundreds of companies of interest. So last time, Matt, I think you got six or seven. I think it was six. Six, six out of ten. Okay, got it. I'm going to bet the under. To for me, this. anybody who gets four plus is pretty good at this game. And I mentioned last time, and I'll say it again. I'm Alex Trebek. I'm not playing. I'm slightly probably rooting against the players as Alex Trebek does. I'm trying to stump them a little bit. But we're going to have fun with this. So ten companies. I'm going to pre- present these alphabet. We'll have a little bit of chit-chat about each one. The game, to be clear, Matt and you at home will be guessing the market cap of these companies. If you are within 20% either direction, too high or too low, we still count you. You're within the band of correctness. And I'll be providing the math as we go throughout. So, without further ado, Matt Argusinger, are you ready to play the market cap game show? I am ready, David G. Company number one. Matt, have you uh, been to the dentist recently? Uh, I have actually been you, to the dentist recently. Do you recently. make a point of trying to go once a year or so? Uh, or twice cleanings a year? Cleanings a couple times a year? My wife always knows the schedule. She says, We're going to the dentist this week. I go, get my cleaning, check up. Excellent. Well, I know that beyond just your experience at the dentist, that you're very familiar with this company because it's rooted in your own past. We're going to lead off with ticker symbol ALG, and that's Align Technologies. Now, this company, for those who've seen others, or maybe you've tried the technology yourself, the Invisalign product, which is basically a replacement for metallic braces, it's a see-through way to correct your teeth that is preferred often by not just adults, but probably kids too these days. It's a hot technology, a lot of dentists putting it in out there. Matt, the reason I know you know something about this company, at least, is because you're the one who brought it to Motley Fool Rule Breakers. The date was... June 25th, 2014, back when you were still on our Rule Breaker team, an earlier version of Matt Argusinger. (laughs) But Matt, the stock at the time was at 54, 
Today, it tips the scales at $245 a share. So, I and many other Rule Breaker members thank you for an awesome stock selection. Now, I'm not saying that because you picked the stock and it's been a five-bagger, that therefore you'll obviously know the market cap. I'm not trying to create any pressure on you. <laughs> but, Matt Argusinger, what is the market cap within 20% either way of Align Technologies? I think, because I remember roughly the market cap at the time of the recommendation of Rule Breakers uh, several years ago, I think it's around $20 billion today. Bam! That might have been a softball. I will point out to my listeners that I didn't select it because it was a softball first. It happens to be alphabetically the first of the ten, but I'm glad we let off with it, Matt, because it let me give you some props for a great stock pick, one that has been bought by many Motley Fool members across services. It's been picked up in other services. But, Matt, you were back in there. It was three and a half years ago, and the stock has been a five-bagger. And yes, as I checked just before the podcast taping today, it was at $19.6 billion, so 20 That would be a pretty good guess. Now, players at home, if you guessed anywhere between $16 and $24 billion, give yourself a check mark. You're tied with Matt one for one. The next company, the ticker symbol, is one of those few companies in the world that has a ticker symbol that spells the name of a color. And the ticker symbol we're talking about is BLUE. Now, Bluebird Bio is a biotechnology company. It's got a big partnership with Celgene, kind of a sugar daddy for it, but it is one of those chimeric antigen receptor T cell companies that we love in Rule Breakers. And I'm pretty sure you at least like it too, Matt, because one of the things you do with the Motley Fool is you head up our Odyssey One mission in Supernova. And I believe Bluebird Bio is in your portfolio. That's right. Two time recommendation uh, brought to us by uh, Sarah Jen, who's on our team. So, yep, Sarah Goddard. And so, and this is a stock that we first picked in Rule Breakers in January of 2015. It was about 95 then. Uh, and then I looked at it this summer and I was like, I think CAR T technology. Sounds so promising. Immunotherapy. Some people know the story of President Jimmy Carter, whose life was saved by this. Um, taking your blood out of your own body, correcting it, and then putting it back in and attacking using your own immune system, the cancer that you have is very promising. In fact, that's not the only car T company we're going to be covering on the Market Cap Game Show this week. But as I mentioned, it was looking promising this June, so I re-recommended it at 109. Very happy to see it at about 146 today. So it's been a star performer Bluebird Bio. Matt Argersinger, what is the market cap of ticker symbol BLUE? This is uh, this is going to be tough. I for some reason the number 9 billion Keeps hitting my head, but I think I might be underestimating the size of Bluebird Bio. And I'm sorry to say you're wrong on both counts. Oh gosh! <laughs> wow. Now you weren't far off, but you were outside our 20% band. But you actually went too high. Ah. This company has a market cap of seven billion dollars. Ah. So if you at home guessed anywhere between five and a half billion and eight billion at the high end. Give yourself a check mark on BLUE. Matt, not far off, uh, but this is a company that um, I know Sarah has been instrumental in suggesting more biotech and calling this out actually as the year of biotech, which she dropped me a note last fall and said, I think biotech's going to be big in 2017. So props to Sarah. That yeah, certainly has been. All right. The next company dominated advertising in the recent World Series of Baseball here in the United States of America. The ticker symbol is CWH. Matt, have you spent much time in an RV over the course of your 
your lifetime thus far. I haven't. I haven't. But I've watched a TV show that has some kind of connection to yeah, this company. Uh, so to this I think great you're going to recognize this is Camping World Holdings. Uh, CWH is the ticker symbol. And why don't you describe a little bit the television show that you've appreciated? Sure. Well, my, my wife and I are huge fans of a show called The Prophet. Which is a show on CNBC, and it's uh, it's the host or the main uh, actor or uh, person in that show is Marcus Lemonis, who also happens to be the CEO of Camping World Holdings. But the show is really interesting. It's essentially Marcus going around the country, meeting with entrepreneurs or small businesses, making investments, and trying to help them turn around their businesses. Great show. Great show. And what have you learned about Marcus? Like, what are one or two traits that you've taken away that you admire about him? Well, I think he. First of all, solid business mind, financial. I mean, he can just pull numbers into his head and make. And I love that. But the what what I love about him is he's really interested in cultures and people. And so most of his time is spent on, hey, I like this person, I like this this company, this group of people. How can I make them work better together, and how can I help them achieve their dreams and their objectives? And I've not seen the profit on CNBC, but Matt, when does it air? If somebody's listening and says, hey, I'd love to see an episode of that show, it's one of those. CNBC primetime reality shows. I think it's like seven or eight o'clock at night during the week. Okay. Uh, if it's in season, I'm Check not sure. Check your it's local listing. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, awesome. So, Camping World Holdings, which is basically, I would say, the the branded dominant RV company at this at, at this point in time, is a is a rule breaker. We picked it uh, last December. Um, Matt, what is the what is the market cap of Camping World Holdings? I want to say it's four and a half billion. And you got as close to missing it as you possibly could, oh. and still make it because that was a good guess, Matt. It's it's at three point seven billion dollars today. Oh. So on the low end, wow, players at home. If you were a three billion or higher, you're good. You needed to be somewhere between three and four and a half billion. Matt's guess four and a half because that's where Camping World Holdings and Marcus Limonis are today. Do you, is this one of the stocks that you follow? I can't remember if this is in Odyssey One. No, we don't. We don't follow it yet in Supernova, but it's one that I've I've taken a look at. And I, I thought the market cap was somewhere right below five billion, so I was a little too high. But glad I got the got you the sure upper end. Nice job. It's a really interesting company. And yeah, it seemed like on Fox every single time they opened back up, coming back from the ad. You'd see Camping World um, right there as their dominant advertiser throughout the World Series, which I thought was kind of interesting for a, a smaller cap company. Well, I've, and I have heard there there has been at least anecdotal evidence that uh, RVs are sort of making a comeback. Maybe that's you have more efficient vehicles, lower gas prices. I don't know, but there's also something about millennials being interested in RVs versus other generations. So yeah. who knows? Maybe On the some, road again. Some tailwinds. Yeah. All right. Company number four. This is a company that everybody knows now. Whether everybody knows the market cap or not, we're about to find out. But this is a company that everybody knows. The ticker symbol is DIS. Walt Disney. Been in the news recently. There's been some controversy about Disney. I was reading the LA Times. Disney reacting negatively to a story that the Times had done about its relationship with the city of Anaheim and kind of barring some of the LA Times journalists from um, a Disney showing, I think, something like that. And then some other film reviewers saying, well, I'm not going to go to the Disney showing or give the initial review until the movie's out, too. So, we're seeing a little bit of that. Interesting. But more recently, and this is really hot off the press last 24 hours, 21st Century Fox mentioning it may sell its film division, a lot of itself, to Disney. Holding on to, of course, Fox, the television station, because Disney couldn't own two networks. That would be illegal. Couldn't have ABC and Fox. And, of course, it's sports. So, a really dynamic company, Star Wars, coming out later this year. A lot of people have been to Disney at least once before as kids. Yes, and I'll have to say, I'm excited about a potential 20th Century Fox Disney type for really one reason. It's selfish, is because I'm a huge X Men fan. 
and the the Fox kind of owns the long term rights to X Men, having acquired them from Marvel fifteen odd twenty uh, maybe yes. twenty years ago. And I just thought Fox has done a terrible job with the X Men. And okay. I think if they got they came under Disney's house along with the other Marvel superheroes, I think it would be much better. Have you watched any of the new show, The Gifted, on Fox, which I, is a Marvel X Men show? I haven't because I just really I just think it's going to be bad. I expect <laughs> it to be bad coming from Fox. <laughs> All right, Matt Argusinger and. Everyone else, what is the market cap of Disney? I think I'm going to nail this one. I think it's $160 billion, or roughly. $160 that was billion. pretty darn well nailed. I mean, <laughs> it fluctuates every day, so I had it as 157 coming to this podcast, uh, rounded to 160 You blew this one away, Matt. In fact, anybody who was anywhere within $126 billion to $188 billion, give yourself a check mark for stock number four. That's Disney, which has been, by the way, a 52-bagger for us in Motley Fool Stock Advisor since it was initially picked as Marvel, speaking of Marvel, back in June of 2002. 15 years ago to a 52-bagger. It's been an awesome company. Yeah, One of the funny things about Disney, as you know, in Stock Advisor, Matt, is that we've never actually picked Disney as a stock, but it's represented six times on our scorecards, because four of those were Marvel picks and two were Pixar picks, and Disney bought them both out. So, now we have a lot of Disney, and people wonder, how did you get such a low cost basis in Disney? It's not even possible to have bought Disney's a 52-bagger 15 years ago. And The answer is, if you buy a small company, that Disney takes a liking to, takes a shine to, pays a premium, buys them out, you might actually have a low-cost basis in Disney. So, long-time Marvel or Pixar fans recognize that. All right, good job, Matt. So, as we move to stock number five, Matt, three for four, batting 750. Very impressive. Intimidating if I'm trying to play against you at home. All right, the next company is another universally known, and I would say mostly universally loved name, a company that some people think Amazon.com has within its sites. Matt, do you typically order a lot of stuff from Amazon or other e-commerce sites? I, weekly from Amazon. I mean, and we now that my wife and I are ordering groceries over Amazon, it has become much more frequent. And let me ask you about that. How's that going? It's it's fantastic. I mean, we've we. Been ordering Amazon Fresh for roughly six months, but since Whole Foods has sort of been integrated, the amount of inventory, grocery-wise, that you can buy on Amazon has just—it's tripled. It feels like so we're essentially getting 95% of our groceries now through Amazon. That's true. Now, does a FedEx truck ever come out front of the Argusinger abode and drop stuff off? All the time. <laughs> All the time. So, Federal Express, the brainchild of CEO, longtime chairman Fred Smith at FedEx, this company is a ubiquitously known global name for, I won't say guaranteed, but confidently, most of the time, on-time deliveries of lots of stuff to lots of people everywhere. FedEx, we know it, we love it. Now, some people think they're in trouble, because Amazon has drones, Amazon has new distribution, like you could use some of the Whole Foods network to get stuff to people. And some people wonder whether Fred Smith's brainchild here is going to get dinged. This is a stock we've held in Stock Advisor for a long time. Two positions, one initially in 2003. That's been a four bagger, which has been good. But a few years later, I picked it again in 2006, and that's doubled. But the market has more than doubled over the last 11 years. So that's been behind the market. It's, it's, a, it's a great company. I'm very grateful for FedEx, but it's an interesting stock. Going forward, and I don't know if you did you see Fred's comments recently about how much he thinks e-commerce will become of the overall commerce pie globally. No, I, I didn't. I'm, I'm probably misquoting him, but he said something to the effect of e-commerce will probably never be more than about forty percent, um, and globally it's only eight percent now. So there's still huge growth expected, but it feels like there will always be room. I think 
for FedEx. I don't think it's going to get run out of business anytime soon. Matt, what is the market cap of FedEx? I think I might risk going high on this one, but I'm going to say $120 billion? Matt, you've had your first dramatic miss. Ooh! Uh-oh. But that, that's part of what makes this fun. If, if you got three out of four every time, and it was always close when you missed, because it was close when you missed earlier, it wouldn't be any fun. FedEx's market cap is $59 billion. Oh, my gosh. So, it's about half wow. what you thought it was, which, to me, suggests that maybe you want to take a hard look at FedEx stock. It seems that way. It just yeah. seems, um, you know, FedEx with UPS, maybe UPS is that big, I don't know, but it just seems it's one of the main package delivery companies in the world. That it seems like it should be bigger. But I'm so All right, surprised. So playing at home, if you were anywhere between forty seven billion and seventy one billion, give yourself a golden point. We'll color that one gold this time. So it's halftime, here comes the marching band and Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Well, Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org number 3030. Thank you. Rocket Mortgage. All right, company number six. Matt, have you ever had robot surgery of any kind? <laughs> Anything even close to it? Well, I I did get surgery last year. Yes, I had, you did. I had neck surgery, and uh, you know, I honestly don't know. If there was any robotics involved, yeah. But um, but there were great surgeons involved, and they were really helpful, and the surgery was successful. So, Matt, I'll say it's clearly been successful, and I'm really happy. I remember seeing a picture of you. This was not a typical surgery in that it wasn't in your hometown or anything. You were no, I, my wife and I were actually in Berlin, Germany, of all places. We were there. Uh, I was I was there actually working for the Fool with our Germany team there, and uh, I I had had back pain kind of throughout the summer and the fall, uh-huh. and it just got. So bad at one point. Uh, this was late October last year, and that I, I wasn't sure what was wrong, and I went and got an MRI, and it turned out that I had a, a completely prolapsed disc, which is you know a slipped disc um, okay. in my in my lower neck, which was causing terrible pain. Ouch! And um, I was at the time I thought, well, I guess I got to fly home to the states, and because the recommendation was you got to get surgery to fix this. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna have, you might have long term nerve damage, and the doctors were insisting they said, no, you got to get surgery right away. And I said, wow, oh, wait, I'm in Germany. And they're like, yep, nope, you have to. You can't fly home. It's too risky. And so within 48 hours of the MRI, I had surgery. And uh, they, they, I got an artificial disc. It's a titanium disc that's now in my uh, lower neck. But, uh, and it's, uh, but it's been great. I have full flexibility, no more pain. Outstanding. Um, no back problems. Nobody wants pain for any of their friends. But to think that it all happened in Germany, I know you speak some German, and you've been helping out Full Deutschland. But I'm so glad to hear how well treated you were there, and you didn't need the Da Vinci surgical robot for that particular, I think, surgery. I did not. But it is the dominant robotic surgery platform of our time. It comes from ticker symbol ISRG. The company is Intuitive Surgical. This has been one of our best, long-standing performers in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. If you're a Rule Breaker, and darn it, if you're not already subscribed to Motley Fool Rule Breakers, come on home! Uh, find us at podcast.fool.com. You can see an ad for joining Motley Fool Rule Breakers. I know a lot of us are Rule Breakers members listening, and therefore you know, if you are a longtime Rule Breaker member, you know this has been the third best stock yet picked in the service. It's been a 
26 baggers since first being picked about 12 years ago in Motley Fool Rule Breakers. Okay, Matt, what is the market cap of Intuitive Surgical? I went way high with FedEx. I have a feeling I'm going to go low here. I'm going to say $40 billion. That is a winner. Oh, well done. All right. 44 oh. was the correct answer. So, players at home, anywhere from 35 to 53 billion, if that was your guess, give yourself a check mark. You know, Matt, it's funny to think about Intuitive Surgical, again, the third best performer. Do you know what the top two stocks or either of the top two stocks in Rule Breakers is? Well, I can, I can definitely name one of them, and that's Baidu. Yeah, that is the number one performer. Right. You're right. And it's up 29 times. So, a few, oh. a few, like Intuitive could catch it. We'll see. The other one is also a Chinese company, and it's NetEase. That is, yes. And now that you say it, I know it. It's just extraordinary because, again, one of those ones that, you know, you speak of not knowing many rule breakers. That's certainly one I'm sure a lot of people don't know. I agree. And that that company, which is now up, it's actually up almost identically to Intuitive Surgical just before taping this podcast. It was two percentage points behind as a 26 bagger. But I, one of the things I love about that, and I'd like to point this out, I've done this before on the podcast, is that our two best performers in Motley Fool rule breakers history are both Chinese companies. And this is over a decade or so where how often have I heard people say, like, I would never buy a Chinese stock. I don't trust the financials. I don't know about the government, those kinds of things. And yes, succeeding in investing usually involves taking some risk, and we probably did take some more risk than normal in order to buy into those Chinese companies. But look how wonderful it is that those two companies are atop the RB standings, our Chinese friends. Now, that said, Intuitive Surgical is nipping at the heels, and Matt, you did a nice job guessing company number six. All right, the next company, company number seven, the ticker symbol is J-U-N-O. Matt, earlier I mentioned that we were going to be covering chimeric antigen receptor T-cell companies, and here's a second one of them. The reason why I wanted to highlight Juno Therapeutics, in addition to just the technology and its link with Bluebird Bio, is also that it happens to be the number one performing stock in the Supernova universe over the last three months. So this is something that Supernova members will know that we track the performance of all 220 or so companies that Motley Fool Supernova focuses on. And we like to look sometimes just like, what have you done for me lately? So I call it radiance. How brightly has a stock shined over the preceding 90 days? It's sometimes a little bit of a momentum investor statistic. That's not our key focus, of course, but I think it's fun to see like what is performing well. And Juno Therapeutics is up 89% over the last three months. So it's wow. smoking hot. Matt Argusinger, what is the market cap of Juno Therapeutics? So I went way high on blue. I'm probably going to go low on this, but I'm going to say $5 billion for Juno. It's so close, Matt. You were, you were oh, so close to oh. getting the correct answer. The band was 5.1 to 7.7, because the actual market cap of Juno is 6.4 billion. So, I think you were awfully close, but we have to play by the rules. I'm out. I didn't get it. We need to be fair to our players at home. So, if you were within 5.1 to 7.7, you got Juno Therapeutics. This is a company that, in the third quarter alone, just reported, spent $140 million in R&D. In just R&D. Yes, it's one of those money-losing biotechs. But the good news is they have just over a billion dollars in cash. And then one of the key measures we like to look at for money losers, especially biotech companies, is how much are they burning per quarter. And the most recent cash burn for the quarter was $54 million. 
So if you do the math there and multiply that by four, that comes out to about $200 million they're burning through in a year. They've got a billion in cash and some great partnerships and lots of promise. So maybe that in part explains why Juno is up 89% in the last three months. So nice try, Matt. I wish I could give you that one. I really do. Just came up short. But I can't. All right, Matt, I have you with four right, three wrong. Let's go to company number eight. This one hurts. Hurts today, very specifically. Again, we're taping on Tuesday, November 7th in the afternoon. It's one of our biggest holdings in Motley Fool Stock Advisor. It's one of my personal biggest holdings. The stock is down around 12% after earnings that were outstanding reported yesterday at Monday's close, but guidance that was a little disappointing, although this company has many times before done a little bit of sandbagging with the guidance that it gives. The ticker symbol is PCLN. This is Priceline, the dominant global travel company. A company that has great presence both in Europe and in Asia, as well, certainly, as its original website. Thinking back to those William Shatner ads, um, singing William Shatner, uh, Priceline of Yore. So, the company today, as we tape, is down $236 a share, just in one day. But given that the stock is now down to 1665 that's not so bad, not as bad as it sounds. We have very few companies that lose $236 a share in any day in any of our portfolios, but that's what Priceline is doing today after earnings. Matt, what is Priceline's market cap? I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to say $85 billion. Bam! You nailed it oh. again. Well done, sir. And is that is that taking in you, today's? Yes, loss? it is. Right. Yeah, that was that was a little bit of the trick question. Was <laughs> I thought Matt might well know the company's market cap. This is one of our bigger, better known holdings. But since it's been dramatically repriced in the last day or so, I thought I might stump you, but I didn't didn't stump you because the correct answer was eighty two billion. So Matt's eighty five easily within the band of fifty six on the low side and ninety eight on the high side. So. Players at home, rule breakers all. If you guessed anywhere from 56 to 98, you got that one right, as did Matt. All right, we're running out of time fast, so we got to accelerate here, Matt. We're down to our final two. You're five out of eight so far. Last time you were six out of ten, so it'll be interesting to see where we go here for these. If last I can match two. six, I'd be I'd be pretty happy. All right, you already passed our par. I think par for the course for this game is four out of ten, so you've already passed that. Let's see how good a golfer you'll be. Company number nine. Now, Matt. I didn't know you back in college. I believe you went to Brandeis? That's right. Yes. And could you just share briefly an experience or two of Brandeis? When you tell people about that you went to Brandeis, what do you say about the schooled people? Well, I think everyone always naturally thinks because it is a Jewish university. You know, they think, "Oh, you must be Jewish." Well, actually, I'm not. I'm one of the. I was one of the the small number of students that went to Brandeis that wasn't Jewish. I did um, not know that and about just, the university. But but not. But having that experience was really fascinating to to be in a school that with that was majority Jewish. And, yes. and to learn kind of the traditions and, and gain friends. You know, coming from a different religion than my own was 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 great. That's wonderful, and it is in your home state of Massachusetts. That's right. Yes, where is Brandeis in Massachusetts? It's in a town called Waltham, which yes. is there's actually several outlying Boston suburbs. Right. right, and there's actually several. Bio, it's a kind of a biotech hub. Or it's become a biotech mm. hub since I left, but uh, yeah, it's really about 15 miles outside of Boston. Now, back when you were at Brandeis, I'm presuming there wasn't a lot of online learning possibilities. Not not in my era, no. I mean, I'm 51. I know you're significantly <laughs> younger than I am, but I'm pretty sure companies weren't bringing in video cameras, taping professors, and trying to enable distance learning. People paying full tuition 
out of state, out of country sometimes to attend a college class. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. So the next company, company number nine, the ticker symbol is TWOU. To you, this is a company for profit that partners with fine universities. Brandeis might well be one of them. It's an increasing number today. Cal Berkeley, I see UNC Business School, I see Georgetown University and others. And two of you partners with them to bring them students that they would never otherwise have had because they're students who aren't living on campus. They're distance learning. They're paying full tuition. And two of you's main aim is to give you the best experience you can. Their tagline is something like, no one sits in the back row. Like you should feel like you're in the front row as you pay tuition through to U to attend and get a degree from one of these acclaimed universities. So that's kind of the business model for to U. It's a local company in in the greater DC area. The CEO's Chip Posek, really nice guy, great background. He's been to the Fool before and spoken to us like Chip a lot. Matt, what's the company's market cap? Complete shot in the dark because I've never looked at to U. It sounds really interesting. I think you should. By the way, I think I should. Uh, I'm going to say. Four billion. Well, give yourself a gold star, Matt, because you just hit your six from last time. All right. You got this one right, company number nine. The correct answer was 3.3 billion. So if you were anywhere from 2.6 to 4.0, you got this one right. This is a really interesting company because they have one of those winning models, uh, which is hard to do in for profit education. And the stock, well, let me see, I first picked it in July of 2016, so two summers ago, it was at $35.25. And then three months later, in October of last year, I was thinking, you know, I like this company just as much as I did three months ago. It hasn't moved, so I recommended it again. And now I'm happy to say from 35, it's gone to 63. So both of those positions up 75% or so in the last year and a half. And uh, still a small company that many people haven't heard of. Wow, so that's, that's we like very interesting. You know, one thing they do is they partner with universities for, for like 10 year partnerships. So they, they really can kind of grow and build together. And then universities get free tuition they never would have gotten otherwise and cut a healthy slab of that back to two you. That's the business model seems to be working. Okay, let's close it all out here with company number 10. Matt, a lot of furniture around the house? Oh, yeah. Too much. Sometimes. Too much. Too much. Where, where would you typically have gotten? Are those antiques or those hand-me-downs? Do you guys go to Ikea and just get all the new stuff? We've definitely gone to Ikea. We, we actually have some outlet stores that we've gone to where you, know, you kind of get some second-hand stuff here and there and you know, fill, fill it out, fill the house out. Have you ever ordered any of that furniture online via e-commerce with it? Let's say a FedEx delivery. Have not, but certainly considering <laughs> it now that we know what's out there now. All right. So the ticker symbol for this company, it's one of the 26 or fewer companies in the world that has a single letter ticker symbol. It's W. And this is, of course, Wayfair. Wayfair, the online e-commerce portal for people ordering furniture. Of course, a competitor to Amazon, but seemingly competing fairly successfully here and still at an early stage. Matt and everyone at home, what is the market cap of Wayfair? I'm going to go with $7 billion. Well, let's lock you in at 6 out of 10 once again this, this quarter, oh, all right, Matt, all right. because you got close, but unfortunately not close enough. So, the market cap for Wayfair is $5.3 billion. Uh, okay. So, on the low end, 4.2. On the high end, 6.4. Anything from 4.2 to 6.4, give yourself at home a check mark. You got this one right. 
Matt, it's been a really interesting company. You know, we picked it in August of 2015 at 43. It's gone to 60, which is great, feels great. That's a 41% gain, but the market over the same period is up 40%. So it's really only a percentage point ahead of the market. Would you consider using Wayfair? Have you ever like tapped into the site and seen I definitely looked at the site. My wife loves the site, and uh, I think we've come close a couple times to you know clicking buy on there. And it's just uh, we just for whatever reason haven't. But I think I certainly think there's a there's a market for what Wayfair has to offer. And, and as it, people get comfortable buying thing, you know, buying furniture online, I just think a lot of people just aren't comfortable there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Props to Matt Argusinger for joining me once again for this quarter's market cap game show, volume two. Here, Matt, you did a great job. Six out of ten again. Par is four out of ten. Uh, everyone listening at home, you beat Matt if you got seven or more. You lost to Matt if you got five or fewer. Hashtag I beat Matt. Hashtag I lost to Matt. It's fun <laughs> to see that out on Twitter. Matt, thanks a lot, and I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Thanks, David. You too. All right, you can check out past episodes of Rule Breakers and all of the Motley Fools podcasts at our podcast center. Just go to podcasts.fool.com. And while you're there, you can check out our flagship service, Motley Fool Stock Advisor, from which many of the companies we talked about today are drawn. Now, a new issue of Stock Advisor comes out the third Friday of the month. It has two new stock recommendations from me and my brother, Tom Gardner. It also comes out with our list of best buys now. Companies that we cover in Stock Advisor that we like for new money right now for the next three plus years forward. You can check it out by going to the Podcast Center, scroll to the bottom of the page, that's podcasts.fool.com, or check out rulebreakers.com again, where many of our companies were drawn from today that Matt did such a good job guessing at. To learn more about that service that focuses on disruptive growth companies, just check out rulebreakers.com, find out more about companies like Tesla, Wayfair, and Mercado Libre. And finally, We'd love it if you'd leave us a review. What do you think of Rule Breaker Investing? Whether you're on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever your portal of choice, leave us a review, throw me some stars, let us know how we're doing in this podcast. Thank you to my producer, Rick Engdahl. As always, we look forward to joining with you next week with something entirely new and foolish. Fool on! As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So, don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.